Hello, I'm Ellen Earhart for Science Line, and today I'm going to talk about how new wind turbines are for the birds. In Northern California's Altamont Pass, wind turbines killed more than 50 golden eagles between 2012 and 2014, according to a new study in the journal Current Biology. At first glance, the authors of the current biology study had little reason to be optimistic about the relationship between wind turbines and birds. After all, researchers have found bird carcasses at wind farms all over the United States. 140,000 to 328,000 birds die in total every year, according to a 2013 study. But turbines are getting a makeover. New models that generate more electricity are on the way, which may be good news for the birds. Here's Todd Katzner, a wildlife biologist and author of the current biology study. As turbines have, have gotten become larger, they end up being spaced farther apart, and they're also being placed on the landscape in ways that, in, in sort of a science-based repowering. And what that does is that lets us put them in places where they pose less risk to birds. It, it allows, you know, it allows the improved efficiency with these turbines and it, it allows reduction of risk to birds. So I, I think it is a win across the boards. To generate more power, wind turbines are moving up and out. In general, there's a trend towards larger turbines and taller towers, according to a Department of Energy spokesperson. This effect will become more pronounced as technology continues to improve. For example, the new Vestas V164, the most powerful turbine in the world, is 722 feet tall. That's a little over two football fields. These taller towers aren't necessarily better for the birds. Here's Michael Hutchins, the director of the Bird Smart Wind Energy Campaign at the American Bird Conservancy. Uh, supposedly, since there's more space between these large turbine blades, that you know it's more unlikely that birds might hit them. But I'm not convinced of that at all, because you know, of course, these blades can run uh, up to 150, 175 miles an hour. And of course, birds can't get out of their way fast enough. Um, the data that we have available right now suggests that these larger turbines are actually going to be more dangerous to birds rather than less dangerous. A 2013 study agrees with Hutchins. It found that increased turbine hub height correlates with increased bird mortality. Songbirds, which make up 90% of the birds in the U.S., die from wind turbine collisions more often than any other kind of bird. During migration, they fly thousands of feet above the ground, much higher than any current wind turbines. But they still pass through a turbine danger zone to reach that height. You may have heard a pilot warn that most accidents happen during takeoff and landing. These birds have the same problem. They migrate at night and when the seasons change, which means they might not be able to see the spinning blades. Of course, the big motivation for the switch to larger turbines isn't to help birds. The key factor is to improve the efficiency of wind energy, a key strategy as the world tries to shift to renewable power sources. The longer the blades, the more energy that a turbine can capture, even when there's not much wind. This means that engineers can place them in areas that aren't usually as windy, such as New Mexico and Wyoming, where new wind farms are under construction today. Here's Robert Preuss, a wind energy engineer at the National Renewable Energy Laboratory in Colorado. So we're getting better at um, lowering the specific power, increasing the rotor size, without driving the costs up. 
It's already paying off at Altamont Pass, site of one of the oldest commercial wind farms in the United States that's still operating, where designers have reduced fatalities by putting fewer, taller, more powerful wind turbines further apart. As these wind energy systems from the 1980s are being replaced, engineers are taking bird collisions into consideration, says Katzner. When we had the old turbines, we had these huge walls of turbines, one right next to another. Birds were not considered greatly in their placement in the landscape, and now we're able to do that. Because the turbines are bigger, they're spaced farther apart, and we're able to consider things like threats to birds. In addition to changing tower placement, some managers of wind farms are taking more steps to help birds. In places like the Altamont Pass, the turbines are turned off for a few days, to let birds pass during peak migration periods. Designers are also changing the placement and color of lights on wind farms so they're less attractive to swarms of insects and the songbirds that eat them. These innovations are gradually becoming more mandatory, though Hutchins doesn't think change is happening soon enough. You know, we need these studies of, about um, placement to be conducted by independent third-party scientists and reporting directly to regulatory agencies, not the wind energy companies themselves doing this. Same goes for fatality studies, post-construction. These need to be conducted by independent third-party scientists using standardized methods and not the wind energy companies. That's a direct conflict of interest. In 2009, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service passed rules about how businesses should treat bald eagles and other raptors. They could get a permit that allows them to accidentally kill a set number of bald eagles, but they also have to write plans about how they will kill fewer of these bald eagles, according to a report by Jerome Ford, assistant director of the Migratory Birds Program, which, as a whole, is also getting revamped. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service announced last May that they were making the Migratory Bird Treaty easier to enforce. This October, Bird Conservancy sued the Ohio National Guard for violating the Migratory Bird Treaty Act with its announcement to put a wind energy farm near Lake Erie. Here's Hutchins again. You know, where we put these things is important. We should not be putting them in major migratory corridors like around the Great Lakes. I'm fighting like eight or nine different wind energy projects around and in the Great Lakes right now. And this is a major confluence of bird and bat migration um, of animals moving from south up to the uh, boreal forests of Canada where they breed. And there are millions of birds and bats going along the lake and over the lake, uh, lakes, I should say, uh, the Great Lakes. And um, yet they're trying to build, you know, large commercial wind facilities in the most sensitive areas in North America. Hundreds of thousands of bird deaths across the U.S. every year is not negligible. But some studies show that yearly fatalities are not enough to put a lasting dent in the population of most bird species. A bigger problem are cats, or smashing into windows, which kills the more than a million birds. And Preuss makes a larger point. Wind power is a key strategy to slow the dangerous effects of climate change by reducing our dependence on high carbon energy sources like oil, natural gas, and coal. He thinks it's alarming that concerns about birds might limit efforts to harvest wind energy. Creating a future that's based on sustainable and renewable energy resources, including wind, um, is becoming a higher priority and more commonly accepted.
If you're an undergraduate student and this podcast got your mind spinning, you should check out the Department of Energy's contest to see who can design the most efficient and bird-friendly turbines. Just visit www.energy.gov backslash E-E-R-E backslash collegiate wind competition for details. And in the meantime, have a great day. Um, A little bird told me you should steer clear of moving windmill turbines.